Manhattan's only no-tell motel seems to be closing down. This is the Focus Group. They're all business, except when they're not. It's the Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Welcome to the Focus Group. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Tim Bennett. Find out about us at focusgroupradio.com. You can also learn about our Tuesday podcast, TFG Unbuttoned. And of course, everything to know about this show, The Focus Group, which is dropping on Facebook Live and YouTube Wednesdays at 1 p.m. And the audio drops on Saturday. But again, everything's available at focusgroupradio.com, including a list of our partners and sponsors. And one of them is Deep Discount, which we're going to be talking with later in the program. Um, So, Mr. Bennett. Oh, and before I forget, a little housekeeping with uh, Deep Discount. September is Criterion Collection Month, which means we're going to be playing a game called Pick That Flick. I'm going to be giving away lots of Criterion titles. So, you know, be sure to uh, tune into the podcast, this and also TFGM button to win some movies if you want. If you have a movie mind, let's say. Did you get your movies yet? Did the movies arrive yet? Movies haven't arrived yet. Um, <laughs> Casablanca happens to be in the mix. I know it's going to go down to Rehoboth. Earlier in the week, if you listen to the Tuesday podcast on Button, we learned a little, another piece of the puzzle that Tim has not, in fact, seen casablanca which is kind of amazing to me well i when was i gonna see it i was too young to go to the theater it's on all the time actually they just (laughs) released we were dying to see it in the theater they re-released it um it cleaned up black and white print and bob and we missed it by we we didn't realize it had happened already but yeah i i'd love to see that i love that movie and i love the actors in it and just anyway (laughs) well i had gone to some art house in portland oregon when i lived out there 20 years ago whenever it was and uh, I do remember, the only thing I remember is us going in, we had, had drinks beforehand, and they served drinks, and we had nachos. But we had, everybody was talking. Nobody paid attention to the movie. So I, I was present for the movie, but I didn't see it. So I need to <laughs> I need to watch these movies. Yeah. You cannot Certain... make any of this up, folks. You just can't make it up. I have a, have a, a, a weird one. Uh, you, you, you watch similar channels to me. Um, and they would be news channels uh, when when you watch TV. And have you noticed? Well, okay, there it's two part. It's a two part question. There's a lot of pharmaceutical ads that are run during the evening news, and I guess it's because that's the demographic that watches the news, and it's for for older folks. But there is a there's a drug that's been out on the market for a while. I think it might be called Entivio. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but the creative changed. And Bob and I were watching the other night, and our mouths dropped open because basically the ad was about how a toilet bowl followed a woman through her day and it would show her driving in the car and she's sitting on a toilet bowl (laughs) and she's in a meeting and the camera pans and it goes away from the desk and you realize she's sitting on a toilet bowl. And at the end of the ad, after she takes this, this miracle drug, the toilet bowls in the back seat of the car. So she's no longer, it's no longer driving her. She's driving it or something. So my question is this, um, the drug is clearly for people who uh, suffer from IBD, uh, Crohn's or colitis. It, it's a digestive drug of some sort. Do you think that they sat down one day and said, we're not breaking through with our current creative. We better tell people exactly what this thing does. It helps you not go to the toilet all the time. So let's use a toilet in the ad. I mean, do you think those things happen? Yeah, I, I they must because I get shocked too. You know, they're always usually very happy, but then, and they, they deliver the bad news. May, you know, should you have suicidal thoughts, stop using, you know, it's, 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 it's a, and there's another one here. I've not seen that toilet one, but there's one they played on here and I, I catch the lyrics, but it's about doing number two and how it shouldn't feel like you got a porcupine coming out of your butt. <laughs> um, it's essentially the lyrics of the song, I, but, but number, number two should be pleasant to do or something. And yeah, it's, it's all, that's all the, first of all, the evening news anymore is sad. If you listen to, it's like tuning into Good Morning America or the Today Show. You just need to listen for three minutes. They read headlines and then they go into, you know, how to make a, how to make a poncho or something. But, uh, and then it's the, or the human interest stories on, yep on the evening news, but it's sad. Nobody, people used to, that was where you, if you didn't get your evening or morning newspapers which uh, a lot of families did because papers were twice a day if you can believe it um you would watch the evening news you'd watch walter cronkite or or one of those those uh newscasters we always watch walter cronkite but that's where you got your news from yep and uh now i don't think any i was talking to some people 
I think you and I may be one of the very few people that still even watch the evening news. Um, I don't know. You know, and we, we've it. even switched networks. We used to watch NBC evening news with Lester Holt. And one day Bob said to me, he goes, my God, even the music that starts the news is this bum, like it's this tension. Yeah. And so we switched to Nora O'Donnell on CBS and that's a ding, like the music's a little different. Actually, I tend to watch CBS news a lot. Like you and I watched the Sunday show, the yeah. CBS morning, right? Yes. I watch the evening news there now, but again, it, it's, I, I sit through here and I think to myself, this is not news I'm hearing. You know what, you know what I mean? It's yeah. yeah. No, there's no news reporting. It's uh, well, it's infotainment. Yeah. You know, is what's, what's happened everywhere. And, People have such a short attention span, unless you want to go over to PBS and watch the PBS NewsHour, and, uh, which would be the equivalent of reading a New Yorker article. I can get about halfway through a New Yorker article, and then I'm done. I, I used to subscribe, Tim. I, I thought I, I did, that's too. What you, that's what you did in the day. You just subscribed to the New Yorker. And I'm with you. I would get the magazine, and I'd be like, raring to go. And then I get one or two articles in. And if it wasn't a column, if it wasn't a single page. And by the way, yeah. remember back in the day how that was typeset? It was a oh, lot yeah. of words to the page. Oh, yeah. It's like reading a thesis every time you open an article. My friend Kate yeah. still loves it. She'll sit there for hours reading it. Of course, we don't have time for that. But uh, I, I just, I don't, it goes too deep for me. And then I, then I move on. I need, to, I need to subscribe, I think, though, to the New York Times. Because I'm getting an awful lot of things sent to me. And I know you're a subscriber to the to yeah. the times and i i get the digital so it's like i think it's 15 or 17 dollars a month and it's well worth yeah. it to me because i yeah. read the book reviews i read and it's a national business. paper I yeah think. it's a national I'd... paper and yeah. um another section that i like to visit on now and then and you know sadly it's is the uh obituaries i you know because we see the 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 big obituaries reported in the news how do you like, get to be an obit in the in the new york times because it's tough to get the marriage in the New York Times. How do you get yes, to be yes. an obit? Do you have to be someone of prominence as well? I don't know. That That's a great question. I wonder if you could actually contact their department beforehand and say, you know, I'm someone special. Could you? Because <laughs> the marriage, you know, the marriage, and it was a whole big thing. I remember when we got out of college, whether you had your marriage announcement in the New York Times and whether they would allow the photo or just the copy. And there was a whole hierarchy as to how you got, got selected. And a lot of it had to do with where you went to college, what your parents did what their station in life was, who they worked for. Um, it's pretty. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. And and some people could pull strings. They might have known someone at the Times, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you know anyone who's had, well, Rick and Martha had their, uh, were, were, they were the first couple, I think, I knew that had their, their wedding announcement. We went to high school with Rick. Oh, uh, really? Rick Wagner in the New York Times, yeah. So okay. they, they, they were in the New York Times with a photo, which was a big deal. Oh, they got so, a photo, too. Yeah, well, you know. Well, you know, Brown, Riz D, trending, you know. So. There you got to have the pedigree. A, right? There was a wedding announcement a few weeks ago, and it was a gay couple, and they had a whole column. They had multiple pictures. It turns out that one of the grooms had been a former reporter at the New York Times. Oh. So or that would be a way yeah. to get in. Yeah. Or, or ambassador <laughs> to Botswana. You know, you got to get one of those gigs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a way to get in, Tim. Right. Or, the fa or the father, you know, started, uh, you know. Bank of New York or something. Yeah, that's how you get in. You're not. Yeah, you're not. Exactly. Getting, you're not. You're not getting into the time. So, but, but now we should look at obits since marriage has moved on. Uh, I, I, I'm, I I'm wondering obits. if the obit is is tough to get in. I look at obits for two big things. I I look for any male that's passed away, and I look three. I look for male. I look at their age, and I look at the ones that don't make the front page of the obituaries, but they're people that are that are important or they contributed nonetheless. Um, and so there's some interesting people that pop up, actually. But sometimes it's like you see a young guy at 36 or you see someone at 59. To me, a nice age would be 94. <laughs> you know, something like that, right? Yeah, well, I, I scan them. I scan them in the Philadelphia Inquirer. But the New York Times was doing something for a while where they were going back and doing obits of people that they made. should have had a proper way. one. Yeah, which I think is pretty cool, too. Which sometimes that's where I've, I found a business birthday there, you know, again. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I've used it. I used it to get information because sometimes people, if they haven't had a Wikipedia page or they haven't had some bio written by a professional or, or their organization, you can find it in the Times a bit sometimes. So, yeah. All right. So if you're uh, new to the broadcast, uh, we're going to kick off things with a segment called Caught Our Eye, and it's stuff that 
catches our eye that Tim and I don't confer on at first. In fact, mine was referenced at the beginning of the of the uh, the show with uh, No Tell Motel, and there's a story behind that, which I'll share. Um, and then we have a visit with Deep Discount. We take a quick break. Business birthday, the only show in the universe that does a business birthday. And then we have a shop talk. Uh, and the shop talk this week is just some fun stuff that a, veterina- a vet clinic is doing to amuse their potential uh, customers. And we always like that stuff because it's what Tim calls surprise and delight. But without further ado, Mr. Bennett, what caught your eye? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. I had a lot of serious stories, I guess. And there were some that were a little too involved, but I, I stumbled on this one and I I don't drink the beer, but it's Pabst Blue Ribbon. So you know the the canned yep. beer, Pabst Blue Ribbon. So uh, the headline is Pabst Blue Ribbon takes vacations back in time with an <laughs> 80s motel. <laughs> My God. And so so Pabst Blue Ribbon, I was trying to, I'm almost tempted to go buy a six pack or one can just to taste it. Cause I even, I don't, I'm sure I must've had one along the way, but it, that always seemed to me to be kind of a fart in a can, but it was, uh, you know, they call it the, the it, it's blue collar roots and they did quite well in the seventies and eighties where their heyday. And then there was some sort of demise with the brand. They thought the brand would go away and it had come back in popularity, uh, particularly with the hipster subculture and also with the TV show, which I haven't watched. Um, they said the resurgence of eighties culture driven by, uh, driven in part by shows like stranger things. Have you watched stranger things? Yeah, we we watched season one and then I kind of dropped off the radar. But yes, there's it it has that vibe. So they hired this. Uh, they have a new ad agency uh, called DNA, and they came up with this idea to do Pabst Blue Ribbon themed rooms in this roadside hotel in Grand Traverse, Mich- uh, Traverse City, Michigan, Grand Traverse Motel. So they had done three rooms. Um, each is decked out with a unique theme. One of them's a dive bar. One of them's an arcade room and one's a rec room. They all, hark- <laughs> they all harken, back, harken back to the 80s. This is a uh, historic roadside motel. So it's going to give them what they said is the immersive experience of, the, um, of Pabst Blue Ribbon. And uh, this agency said that they opened reservations on August 1st. And as of press time, they've already sold out of the dive bar rooms. And uh, they, they said you could still, the, the least popular so far has been kind of your grandma's rec room or whatever. There's a picture of that if, uh, if you're watching along here. Yeah, and if you're watching YouTube, the picture that Tim sent me, I mean, Tim, this would give me a Stranger Things kind of nightmare. Look at that wallpaper. That's horrible, isn't it? I mean, it's, to be in that room. It's psychedelic. Yeah, and they, and they said there's all kinds of Pabst Blue Ribbon things in the room and, and branding and that you'll end up. They want to know if they have permission, they can use how you've interacted with the room and some of their social media and some, uh, some advertising, which kind of, you know, leads you, lead yourself wide, wide open, of course. But it says it wants to give you a comfortable and timeless feeling of the Pabst Blue Ribbon brand, and you can experience it first thing or firsthand. They said this is not a new thing. Other brands have done this. Apparently, Corona, Corona Beer, and KFC... Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken did a cabin getaway. In 2019, Taco Bell opened The Bell, a four-day Instagram-friendly pop-up hotel in Palm Springs. They said, unlike the luxe accommodations offered um, by Taco Bell and Corona, Pabst Roadside Motel stays true to the brand's blue-collar image. So these other brands kind of did this luxury luxury experience, but they're keeping... Upscale. Yeah, upscale. So they said they had numerous... um, the company has Pabst Blue Ribbon is doing this because they've had numerous attempts to ramp up uh, their brand awareness. They did an Easter egg hunt for adults, and uh, they also paid consumers to put advertising in their own homes. So if you had a bar at your house, they would give you or pay you to put up their clock or something. And it, I didn't realize this from the business standpoint. They apparently um, got in a fight with uh, Miller Coors, and, uh, which is now called Molson Coors. But Miller Coors actually bruised the beer for Paps. And Paps had claimed that uh, Miller Coors was going to end their partnership or their relationship. And, of course, though, there was a settlement reach and they're still now brewing Paps products. But the thought was that they would just put them out of business and just say, we're not going to brew your beer anymore and you're going to go away. So they're, they're trying to, once again, um, make themselves relevant uh, with their second or third or fourth reboot here with Paps Blue Ribbon. You know, I I applaud the agency's 
idea here. It's fun and it's kitschy, but you know the thing that intrigues me about this? Do you, do you what demographic do you think they're aiming this at age-wise? Well, you know, I was trying to think about this. I, I would say they're probably looking for 20s, 30s. Um, you know, the and hipster... does a 20 or 30-year-old walk into this, like, kind of what we have on screen, if you're watching on YouTube, right. is this funky, crazy 70s basement game room kind of thing or rec room. And do you walk in and say, wow, this is crazy? Like, because for you and me, this this brings back memories of actually right. what houses look like back then. Right. And the dive bar one, to me, when I saw the three pictures, the dive bar one intrigued me. I thought that would be that would be okay. fun. And it was set up like a dive bar, dark, moody, lava lamps, that sort of thing. And then the arcade room ha had a lot of those video games that we would have had as kids or when we were in high school. And they have those all around the room, and it's neon. You mean the actual standing machines? We put yeah, they have the machines. Yeah, it's, okay. it's like a little arcade. So I get that. I, I thought of this and. I figured if you and I were doing one of our, when we did our Volkswagen road trips and this was available, we probably would have booked it just as a joke or not a joke, but just oh, to, yeah, yeah. as one of our yeah. trips, right? To, to, cause then it's we'd blog about thing. it. Yeah. It's like a, it, it's like an unusual thing, right? So it's a good point. I don't know. My guess is in the summer, th th that'll be interesting to find out as a follow-up is who is renting these and who's the demo. Because if it is just strictly people that are watching stranger things or people that are trying to get back into the eighties, um, we'll have to see but yeah i i don't know and the rooms are the rooms are not cheap you know they're for for a roadside motel they're over 200 dollars a night so uh, it's just interesting to me that the point of entry for the 80s for them was stranger things i get it but for a whole demographic that might not watch stranger things you're going to firmly associate paps blue ribbon with this retro old style like the old beer <laughs> right and maybe. this to me and this to me and maybe this one is more 70s than 80s to me because this to me seems more 70s this room i agree i agree this doesn't feel totally 80s was a little different than this is 70s right. you're right and dive bars a dive bar so dive bars now look the same as dive bars did yeah other than maybe no cigarette machine or something um in the jukebox but uh and then the arcade room again is probably the most 80s uh, inspired because it had Atari and a lot of those old games. If and they had so. Frogger, you'd be happy. Yeah, yeah. That was one Frogger. of your favorite games, right? Well, I like the track and field one. Remember that track and field? I one love the track and field. And one. There was Defender. A you, yeah, you like Defender. There was some like other Defender. little thing you liked with the. God, I just saw it recently. Asteroids. Where you? It, it, had, it, it had a gun. Yeah, it had a gun, and you just slid it from side to side, shooting everything up. I don't know that. Oh, that's a Space Invaders. Yes, that's what it was, Space Invaders. Yes. <laughs> and Tempest was this one where it was like a geometric shape that you shot down. And, uh, well, yeah, hey, folks, Tim and I used to uh, spend quite a, our parents were quite thrilled when they would, when we would say, hey, we're going to the arcade. <laughs> I'm surprised we never mugged. That was dicey. Isn't it something? Where you and I went to some of those places, we knew to get out in time. We'd go in there to play our dollars worth of quarters and head out. And leave. Yeah. Or we would see a movie and go to the arcade after and then leave. Yeah. But you're right. We were, we were out it was in the dicey. time. Yeah. <laughs> so what caught your eye? All right. Eye? So uh, what caught my eye was a, uh, many, I'm going to kick this off by saying many years ago uh, when Tim was a director of marketing at Subaru America and I was one of his agencies, I was down visiting to discuss a new campaign and we were in the, uh, his uh, boss's office, which overlooked a motel. And at one point, everybody on Tim's floor began popping into the office and they started looking out the window and looking at what cars were pulling in. Oh, there's that Lincoln Continental. That yeah, was he's there here last again. Week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's here again. <laughs> so I'm sitting in this chair with a pad of paper. I'm mystified. Everybody, oh, hey, John, how are you? Like, because th th that was the cool thing about Subaru. I knew so many people there because we worked with you guys for years. Oh, hey, how are you doing? And they just walk right by the window. Oh, is that green Toyota back? Oh, they're back again. Oh, my God. Finally, seeing my confusion, Tim and his boss, Tim, uh, Tim Mahoney, were like, oh, you don't know. OK, well, this building is called the No-Tell Motel. It's hourly rates and people pull in and they, there was a pet. I couldn't. Once they said that, I could not stop. How could you not stop laughing? Yeah, it was, rooms by, it was rooms by the hour. Yeah, Rooms by the hour. Yeah. Big well, sign out front. And pursuant to that, I didn't know that Manhattan had one. 
But there is an hourly rate motel down uh, in the meatpacking district on 14th, right? And the West Side Highway. Now it's become this she-she shopping place. And there's a beautiful new park called the Little Island. And there's the piers. And, you know, this they redeveloped this whole area. So this little brick building sits there. And the Times had an article. And it was this for sale, the sexiest hourly rate hotel in Manhattan. Never did I know that this place was called the Liberty Inn. The last hourly rate hotel in Manhattan's meatpacking. It sits alone on a tiny triangular block. And I'm talking, this is tiny. Its website bills its rooms as the most sexiest in the city. And for nearly 50 years, it has provided sanctuary for bouts of afternoon passion, clandestine affairs, and lunchtime quickies. Um, they are I wonder what they that... charged. I wonder what they charged for an hour. So I guess you'd go in there, you'd rent the room, and then you'd leave, and somebody come clean it up for the next person. Yes, and the charges were ninety-five dollars for the first hour, if I'm not mistaken. Let me let me scan here. That's around. And I drinks. think it goes up from there. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> yeah, ninety-five, and it could even in fact be ninety-five an hour. Um, just you know, crazy, this is a good. Right? Bit, so this been... is a good. This is a good business. <laughs> oh. Uh, 95 for two hours stay, 155 for six hours. Um, family owned. It's been in the family for years and the, uh, you know, they've been running this business. So the thing is that I found intriguing about this when they listed this property, they are hoping to fetch. Can you guess how much they want to get for this little building? Is it that, is it the one in the picture there? Cause it looks very, very darling. That's a nice little building. I would say they want to get, uh, I don't know, New York real estate anymore. 10 million. I don't know. Double it. Really, twenty million? Twenty-five million. They're expecting to get for this building, this plot of land. God, and what did you think the family bought it for? Probably a hundred thousand. You know, they've had it back since in the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I'd sell two then. I guess that's because you don't have to clean then. Yeah, twenty-five yeah. So, million. So, um, it's just you know, and and that neighborhood, by the way, um, that used to be a very before it was like the shishi, you know gentrified place that was where you would find jay's jack off club there was the lore there was a gay bar down there called lore leather uniform rubber etc i was turned away at that bar because i wasn't wearing leather and i said what about my belt it's calvin klein no that doesn't count <laughs> no john come on it, it's, got also good, a it's got good it's got good reviews on google are you serious? 4.4 4 out of 295 reviews. So it's an only a three-minute walk to Chelsea. It says, lovely, clean, great amenities, nice large bathtub, cordial staff. It's a bit secluded, but it was worth it. <laughs> uh-huh. So just to put this into perspective on where this is, you know, we have this thing called the High Line in New York, that old right. elevated rail um, line that they turn into a big walking park that runs from around this part of the city all the way up to the 30s. The Strand Hotel is right here. And the Strand is this hotel with rooms that face north or south. It's now become called the Sex Hotel because apparently people book rooms, keep the curtains open and have sex in front of the windows so anybody walking on the High Line can see this. You're kidding I know. me. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, I know. It's like people do very crazy things, right? You know, John, I'm lo I, I went to the website here. So first of all, there are mirrors everywhere on the ceiling and on the sides. Did you see some of the other rooms? It looks like the old Paramount Hotel. Looks like they got some of the old furniture from there. It's got the big winged beds. And actually, it's quite uh, interesting. There's a green Almost room. Almost worth There's staying in room. just for the fun of it, right? I think we should. We have to go in. <laughs> I don't think we need six hours, but maybe, you know, I, I would like to take a tour before it closes. But uh, you have I, to go to the Tim, website. I so it's, it's go to the website. Yeah, it's and, Liberty and Inn NYC, and uh, the rooms look fantastic. It's hilarious. No cancellation fees. Um, <laughs> it closes at midnight, but the rooms don't look bad. I wish I'd known this existed when I used to come up to New York all the time. I probably could have just stayed here as a day room. Been cheaper than me spending money over at the Radio City Apartments. You know what? You know, if it was a day room, you could have. And, and that's a yeah. big thing for Europe was a day room. Tim, you, you learn something new every day. So yeah. in-room jacuzzis, decorative murals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I gotta, well, there you go. I hope it doesn't sell. It'll sell. Do you think it'll sell? I guess it won't. You know, this part of town is so crazy awful with with high-end retail restaurants apartments down there are like crazy this will probably sell yeah. they'll tear it down and they'll build some unique property in that little space but yeah i don't know how long it's going to last for but what a fun idea right 
They do often. They do offer overnight. Do they? How that must be expensive, though. Two hundred. Are you serious? Yeah, it says overnight or ten hours one seventy. These are special refresher rates. <laughs> they call them. But two hours. So you know what? To go in just for the two hours is ninety five. You might as well get it for the night if you get lucky again. You go out. <laughs> you know, it's a round of drinks. <laughs> I love the way you're planning the whole trip around the hourly rates of the Liberty Inn. <laughs> Dramatic ceiling and wall mirrors, mood lighting with adjustable settings, two-person jacuzzis. I got it. I can't believe this has passed us by after all these years. All these years. And the author of the piece apparently went there when he was younger. And uh, I think he made out with a, a girl. It was like his first makeout session with a girlfriend that he had at the time. And he described it as being just, you know, nice and clean, very cool. The room that he had, though, had some kind of black thing in it. What was he called? It something called the Liberator. Oh. And the Liberator is some sex appliance that you can like use to get into all various positions. But yeah, so <laughs> wouldn't you love to interview the front desk clerk? Like what? What? what well, like what? What have they seen the, over the so years? He, he tried the, the the reporter who did this piece for the Times um, did in fact have to wait a long time to meet the owner because the owner uses an alias and eventually he gets to the front desk behind like a six inch thing of plexiglass. There's a vending machine in the lobby with small lobby, <laughs> narrow. It sells condoms and candy. And then behind this plexiglass thing is the guy that takes your, your money and gives you your room key in and, and reminds you that if you check in by yourself, that you're supposed to be using the room by yourself. But if you're there with someone else, it's okay. And then finally the owner came down because he's like, and he's like, well, what's your, what's your name? And the owner finally said, here's my name, um, Raboy, R-A-B-O-Y. And he had a couple different aliases as a first name. He goes, you know, a lot of people call and harass, whatever. But um, this, Tim, imagine me living in the city for how long and I've never heard of this place. Well, that's, I've walked shocked. by it. I've yeah, walked I'm by shocked. it. Yeah. Well, then I, but just, yeah, well, let me, you know, if, if, uh, you know, things loosen up, maybe we'll head up there. I would like to, I would like to, I would, I would love to walk through it and see what's going on. But, you know, we like to do that. Like we did in Palm Springs when we go to some of those clothing optional places just to see what's going on. This reminds me of some of those um, unique hotels in Las Vegas, the honeymoon hotel. You could have a bed and a champagne glass. You could have the Fred Flintstone room. Wasn't there one that we went by that was supposed to be like that? Yeah. Well, and the Poconos has those too. That's you know, the it. Poconos has the, the big, the big, you walk up the steps and slide. You know, it looks like such a fall hazard with all the, <laughs> the, the clear plastic and the glass. <laughs> all right. Beautiful so, Mount Mount Lodge. Only know. Liberty Inn. It looks like Tim and I have to rush, rush, rush and check this one out for everybody. I'm here. I could, I could easily do it. No, we have to go. All right, folks. As I mentioned at the, uh, the top of the podcast, Deep Discount is a partner of ours here on the Focus Group, and we're very thankful to have them as a partner. They're fantastic. You can go to focusgroupradio.com, click on the Deep Discount logo at our site, and uh, start your shopping extravaganza. Remember, there are some pretty cool people that work for uh, Deep Discount, and this week, our the woman that we report to, Lauren, is probably spinning in her office chair as she still processes the fact that Tim has not seen Casablanca. Not seen Casablanca, but she did turn us on to the Empire Strips back, right? Yeah. And I, so one of our listeners sent me a note. She's sending her daughter there to go see it. Her daughter's in San Francisco. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we should get a, uh, a review Thank from the, her daughter. Lauren. Okay. So um, this week, is a, uh, there's a great sale going on at Deep Discount. I love this kind of sales. The under $10 sale. So any disc that they have on there under 10 pages, and there's tons of pages. I think I don't even know how many pages there are. I went deep myself. Is 10 or under. And that could be a DVD or a Blu-ray. Depends on the title. Um, so, Tim, what was your pick this week? So I've mentioned this before, but because of cancel culture or because of the... Um... I guess inappropriate behavior of men to women in the workplace. This cartoon has been taken off the air and it will not be shown anymore. But thank oh, it's God, the Me Deep... Too thing. That's what right. it is. Me, right. me Too, it's, right? Me Too, right? So in the, um, but Deep Discount has it. So it's Looney Tunes Pepe Le Pew collection, <laughs> and it's uh, eight dollars and eighty-one cents. And it was released in uh, around holiday time in twenty eleven. And uh, comes on DVD, it said, for the first time ever, a new compilation featuring 17 iconic shorts of the lovable French skunk Pepe Le Pew, 
He's always strolling around Paris in the springtime where everyone's thoughts are on love. Well, he's constantly <laughs> seeking l'amour of his own. He's a huge turnoff. He's a huge turnoff because of his uh, malodorous scent. And so it's all, they're all together here for the first time, some of Pepe's most beloved and comical shorts. So if you're a fan of this sort of thing or animation, which a lot of people are, or just pop culture, uh, my guess is these things won't be around for long. And so the fact uh -uh. that you can still, still get them at uh, places like Deep Discount, uh, head over there and for under 10 bucks, you can have the uh, Pepe Le Pew collection. I, I be think horrified as you that... turn it on and watch him molesting the women in Paris. <laughs> well, the original release date was 2011, so it predates Me Too by quite yeah. some time. And unfortunately, yeah. I, I just he was one of my favorites along with um, Foghorn Leghorn. I say, I say, whoa, boy! I said, whoa. Well, I um, like Speedy Gonzales. <laughs> I love Speedy Gonzales. Speedy Gonzales, but that's yeah, not allowed I, either. No, no. <laughs> yeah, well, we understand. We understand. But hey. I agree. If you're a Pepe Le Pew fan or you like these old style cartoons, and I do because I love the humor, they're adult and kid at the same time. This is a good one to pick up. Yeah. I went with a uh, science fiction movie that I actually enjoy a great deal. Um, may, and it's because it's, it's a simple, clean story and it's, it's told in an interesting way. It's Jake Gyllenhaal and the movie called Source Code. Okay, so he plays a soldier named Captain Coulter Stevens. And he wakes up in the body of an unknown man. He discovers he's part of an experimental government program called the Source Code that enables him to cross over another man's identity in the last eight minutes of that individual's life. And he's been armed with the task of identifying the bomber. They know there's going to be a bomb on a Chicago commuter train. They can send this guy back eight minutes to try to defuse it or try to get rid of it. it and they could do it as many times as they have to to succeed. There's an interesting twist at the end of the movie I'm not going to tell you about. Um, and then there's some metaphysical stuff that happens that I'm not so sure would happen. But, hey, it's a sci-fi movie. <laughs> so I just thought it was well done. It's a, it's a Jake Gyllenhaal in the movie's source code. Here's my and difficulty the, uh, with science fiction, which I think you're good at. You have to pay attention. Yes. Well, this You have story to be really is... absorbed with, with, with a lot of these. If you don't pay attention, you're going to miss a lot. And Tim, it's one of your favorite run times. It's 93 minutes. Well, that's good. Yeah, that means you could, yeah. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, the new release this week is Jurassic World Dominion. And Dominion's interesting because it brings together the casts of the original Jurassic World, which would be Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill. And it marries them with the cast of the previous, some of these like follow-up uh, Jurassic World movies like Chris Pratt and a couple other ones in it fuses them into Dominion. My guess is that, um, you know, what happens here is the fragile balance of life is being reshaped because obviously all these dinosaurs got loose after the original movie and the subsequent movies let them out into the world and they're growing and they're breeding. And so it's going to be one of these man versus dinosaur things. At least the trailer that I saw looked kind of terrifying. Someone was in a parking lot of a grocery store and some dinosaur comes crashing out of the woods. And I'm like, that's not what you would want at all. <laughs> You know, had they had they not died off by the meteor, right? Isn't that what they think happened? The do, meteor, do, yes, the meteor, meteor hit meteor. the earth. Do you, do you yeah. think that they could survive still? Mm, no. Would we have you know, killed them? Like, would humans have killed them? Well, you know, I don't know that man would have ever evolved if they had stayed around. Let's put it that way. It's like Jeff Goldblum us? said in the original movie, you know, evolution chose them to go away, and here we are. But you're putting us, uh, you're putting us, the survivors of this epic with uh, the survivors of the previous one. Not a good idea, but this is uh, Jurassic World Dominion's available Blu-ray, digital copy, and DVD for $24.95. I think it's plausible that these these dinosaurs can come back. Getting that amber. Getting the well, DNA. You, yeah, you could, um, you could argue that the people that love the Loch Ness Monster think they never left, or at least this one didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm scared of this. I think these dinosaurs can come back. Someone's going to do it. Something's going to happen. Anyway, head over to uh, it's the uh, under under ten dollars sale. Is that how it's 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 actually under ten? Under ten. So uh, head over to focusgroupradio.com, and when you click on the deep discount logo, you'll be able to find the under ten sale there. I picked the um, Looney Tunes Pepe Le Pew collection on DVD, and John picked the movie Source Code, and the new release this week is Jurassic World Dominion on Blu-ray. Uh, we want to thank our friends at Deep Discount. Thank you for supporting them 
because uh, they support us and we get credit when you go through focusgroupradio.com and click on their logo and start shopping away. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we've got our business birthday and some shop talks. So stay with us. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Now back to the focus group with Tim and John. Available pretty much everywhere. Welcome back to the focus group. John Nash with Tim Bennett. Focusgroupradio.com is the URL for our website. And all you need to know about us is there, including information about TFGM Buttoned, our Tuesday podcast. We'd like you to check that out as well. So back half of the show, without further ado, one of my favorite segments. Let's go right into the business birthday. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. So this day, on August 17th, 1907, Justin Dart Sr. was born. He, uh, he died in 1984 at 76 years old. An American businessman considered the boy wonder, in quotes, of the drugstore industry. He played college football at Northwestern University. He had the good fortune of marrying Ruth Green, whose father happened to be Charles Green, who owned the Walgreens drugstore chain. So after he got out of college, he uh, started working as a sales clerk and uh, for three years actually had done a number of things at Walgreens to make them uh, more profitable. So he introduced the concept of placing the pharmacy counter at the back of the drugstore. And so the reason why they put the counter, do you want to know why they put the counter back there? Is it because you had to shop on the way back? Exactly. You had to walk by everything. to get. <laughs> that was just a guess, Tim. Yeah, you had to walk by everything to get down there. But it was also for privacy, for medical concerns. So in other words, if somebody just walked in to grab something up front, they didn't have to know what was going on in the back. But uh, by having the pharmacy in the back, it did force the patrons to walk past many of items for possible purchase. He also retuned the store's interiors so that the soda fountain, when they did have them, were never adjacent to laxative, laxatives, ointments, or creams. So, you know, you didn't want to be, you know, buying a, I guess, vanilla shake with Pepto-Bismol behind you or something. The, um, the bottom line is that uh, Walgreens uh, had, a, had, their bottom line had improved. And uh, in 1939, he was made second in command. So the Charles Walgreen passed away. So leaves um, his son-in-law, Justin Dart, uh, second in command, and he got mad. Um, he didn't want to be number two. So he divorced the wife and left the company. Can you imagine? <laughs> That's kind of dramatic, huh? Right. So he leaves the wife. One, one sidebar. They said to blow off steam. This might be also while he wasn't there. He would occasionally fire his pistol into a stack of telephone books in his office. <laughs> He had a pistol. Okay. He had a pistol. So he so he so anyway, he le- he divorces the wife, leaves Walgreens and uh heads over to United Drug which was later um called Rexall. Remember it was a number of different yep, drug I stores. Do. Yeah. And uh so he ended up it was uh this was 1943. He took control. It was Boston-based United Drug Company which operated under Liggett, Al, Santa and Rexall brands. And uh he grew that to be one of America's largest and most profitable a pharmacy chain. So he was there for 35 years. He ended up selling his stake in 1978. And when he sold it, he said, I would like my retirement and my death to be simultaneous. So he wanted to retire and die. <laughs> He's in a weekly dropped, right? Right. So he, um, as we said, he was, you know, he used to shoot his pistol around. He also um, had acquired, while he was at uh, Rexall, he had um, himself started his own company called Dart Industries, where he had stakes in Avon. West Bend Housewares, Duracell, Ralph Wilson Plastics, Archer Glass, and Hobart. And uh, this was all collectively known as Dart Industries. So this was sold to Kraft uh, in 1980. He never really owned Avon. He just had a position in it, stock position in it. But um, he did have uh, control of a company that had Tupperware home parties. So uh, he was very much involved in a number of different types of industries. He was a staunch Republican. He ended up getting married. His second wife was movie starlet Jane Bryan. Really? Okay. 
And uh, she would frequently work opposite Ronald Reagan when he was an actor, of course. And uh, both Dart and Brian convinced Reagan to run for the presidency of the United States in 1980. They were very close friends. Uh, they were key financial backers and also philosophical backers of the Reagans. And they were considered his part of his kitchen cabinet or inner circle of advisors. Dart, from his first marriage, had a son who was disabled, um, Justin Dart Jr., and he became very much an advocate for the disabled. Um, and in 1989, he was appointed by George H.W. Bush, the son, to the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities and helped pass the American with Disabilities Act. He died in 2002 of polio. But um, so his son, because of his connections with Reagan and then with the Bushes, the son was able to um, help with a lot of the uh, things that took place under... Because it really was strange, if you remember, with George H.W. Bush, a lot of the things he did around disabilities and people they thought were very much social programs that you would feel or see coming from Democrats, more so Correct. than Republicans. And so this is one of the you know, pieces to the puzzle as to why. Someone in the orbit, right? A close friend. Exactly. What do you say? Nancy Reagan became a fan of stem cell research because she thought it could have helped Ronnie with his Alzheimer's, right? So it's, it's kind of... Uh, <laughs> You're right about that, yeah. Yep. So, uh, so, but Dart Sr. died of congestive heart failure in 1984. He was given the Presidential um, Medal of Freedom um, after he died. So uh, Posthumously? Posthumously, yes. So, uh, yeah, so that's our business birthday, Mr. Dart. Boy this wonder is a, of, this is a of fun the pharmacy. One. Um, we've never come across him before, and here's someone who not only... Um, helped create a particular kind of business, you know, a drugstore, which then became more than a drugstore. You can buy a lot of things at a drugstore these days. But then the behind the scenes familial relations with the Reagans or the Republicans in California, that, and then it leads all the way up because he had a son who was disabled to the next president, you know, pushing right. for disabilities and uh, acts and stuff like that. Pretty cool. Yeah, so it's, uh, and you wonder how, so many of these business birthdays, you find people have done these things that just seem, we take for granted. I yep. never thought to, to myself, to be honest, I never paid much attention to the fact that, yes, the pharmacies are in the back of the store. And for no, for no particular reason, as they want you to, sh to walk through and pick up something else. You so. recall when we were in Palm Springs, we met some gentlemen one time, one of the funniest weekends we were ever in the Springs. You had just had the Tribeca photographed. And uh, that was when the guy bucket. was talking, telling a story about working at a pharmacy and someone, they did a price check for tampons and he thought it was thumbtacks. And he gets on the microphone and says, is that the kind you put in with your finger or a hammer? Right. No, he said it was tampons. So you weren't allowed to, on the loudspeaker, you weren't allowed to announce anything with um, sanitary hygiene, or yeah. hygiene. And they said, do you have a price for thumbtacks? And he had thought that they said tampons. Or no, he, they said, is there a price for they Tampax? Tampax. Yeah. And he said, yeah, and he thought it was thumbtacks because you weren't allowed to say Tampax, but it was. Is that the kind you put in with the thumb or a hammer? <laughs> Do you remember best, that? You and I Boston could not hammer. Yeah. hammer. <laughs> and that was after their story of how they let these animals out of a petting zoo or something. And, Which I know. took you to in York Beach, Maine. That's that was this, a petting zoo. The they one. were all that's they were the all one. stoned up, and they left the gate open, and the llamas and everything would rot, wander around the streets. And then and then they <laughs> claimed they were the heroes, and they found that the gate was open, and they got a roll of tickets somehow for like. Yeah, we 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 stayed at a guest house once in Palm Springs, and the and we were lucky that the guests, the other some of the other guests that were there were from Boston, and they had us laughing all day and all night and yeah. uh, and that thumbtack story was one of them so <laughs> you learned about a house bra that's the bra where the, the wire was bra. taken out the house bra never the house crosses bra the threshold never leaves the yeah. threshold that's the bra <laughs> the where the bra. wires are all broken and, and I, I remember sitting there thinking yeah. did my mother have a house bra like I, like how would you even that's my house I, bra <laughs> i don't even think my mom had a house coat i don't think yours did either i just had the suspicion that the rollers and the uh, house bra <laughs> Yeah, they see what you learn on the focus group, folks. Okay, yeah. so um, we're going to wrap up with a shop talk, and it's kind of a fun one. And this, I put in this this in the category when I sent this article to Tim. I just said I put this firmly in the category of surprise and delight. And Tim is often fond of saying that advertising and marketing, you should surprise or delight your customer with your advertising. You know, sometimes advertising can be educational; it can do a lot of different things. But surprise and delight is a cool thing. 
So there is a uh, the Carroll Veterinary Clinic, Carroll County Veterinary Clinic in, um, where is the state at that? I so Westminster, Maryland. Westminster, Maryland. They put fun little things on an outside message board. Now, here on YouTube, I put up a, a picture that they had, and it says, cats can memorize 120 commands, but they don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have a cat, you know that that's just the way it is, right? So we'll talk about some of the ones, but I think this is a fun thing to do. Yeah, I liked it because there was a there was actually a place uh, in outside of Philadelphia that um, it was a plumbing supply place of all things, and they had the most creative um, quotes that they would put up every few days, and I would purposely go by there just to see them, and it's just a very smart, simple thing. And when I was reading this story, I was laughing because I said, you know, taking your dog or cat to the vet, we all know is traumatizing for them. And there, it's no different than a lot of us. If you go to the doctor, you get, you get nervous or you get scared. And I know my dogs have always been and my friend's cats or when we had cats, they don't like to go to the vet. No. And uh, so the fact that this vet is acknowledged a that, uh, but also give you a chuckle as you go in and, and put you at ease or, they had some great, um, great sayings, as you mentioned. I thought it was just a, just a smart thing. I and the, and not only pet pet sayings, but there were other sayings as well that um, I guess just made you uh, made you kind of think, which I thought was funny. What was the one that said? My dog will eat anything until you put a pill in it. Then he's Gordon Ramsay, and that's <laughs> that's my my trouble with Spike and Trixie. I had to go buy those. I had to go to the drugstore and try to find those. Um, gel caps that are empty that you can put medicine in so that they couldn't smell it because they for whatever reason i'd bury it in cheese i would put it in all kinds of stuff and spike would pick it right out and put it on the ground and then eat his food never eat the pill that today was a, an, another example today i have it in cheese he took it out i don't know how he smells it <laughs> Isn't or how it he finds this they... little pill and it's behavior that that every every pet owner experiences when they're yeah. trying to give their pets medicines so I'm looking at some of the signs they posted here at the Carroll County Veterinary Clinic. Um, I don't think it's fair that only roosters are allowed to start the day screaming. Lately with the headlines, I'm in agreement with that. Here's one. <laughs> if you love someone, let them nap. <laughs> like a dog or a cat, right? <laughs> if a black cat crosses your path, he probably has some important cat stuff to do. <laughs> like, So who sits down and writes all these, right? Yeah, I was wondering I was wondering if they came, had come up on their own or... Uh... Or where they had taken them from, but uh, I love this one. If 2020 had had been a drink, it would be colostomy, Brett. <laughs> this one I happens to me all the time. It says she believes she could, but her cat was asleep on her lap, so she didn't. I can't tell you how many times I'll have Spike would be sleeping on my lap, and I'll be like, "Oh, can you go?" I'll say to somebody, "Can you go get this or that, or do this or do that?" Because I don't want to, you know, don't want to wake up the dog. You don't want to wake up the cat on your lap or the dog. You're trapped, your right? Did, did you guys do that with your cats? Oh, if yeah. The cat yeah. was sleeping yeah, on would, your lap? If you were in bed, we were afraid to get up because they were, you know. Oh, really? You wouldn't want, you don't want to disturb them? You don't want to disturb them, yeah. Yeah. And then I Here's like this one. one. Dog is such a small word for something that takes up so much room in your heart. Oh. How about this one? Nachos are just tacos that don't have their life together. <laughs> I agree with that. There's a lot here, huh? And then this one. I'm surprised I never heard this before. What do you call a rabbit with fleas? Bugs Bunny. Mm. What's their answer? Bugs Bunny. <laughs> what do you call a rabbit with fleas? I'm surprised no little kid has given us that joke along the way. I, I thought it was uh I thought that was a good one. What but, kind of doctor is Dr. Pepper? A physician, F-I-Z-Z, a physician. Physician, yeah. All right, so some of these aren't pet-based, but I started I started dating a dating site for chickens. It's not my day job. I do it to make hens meet. <laughs> so already you're going to the, the vet with a, in a good mood, right? Yeah, so, you know, the only issue here, you know, this because this is similar to you having a Twitter account or social media account. They can't stop mm. it now, right? So now that they've opened up this floodgate, you can't stop it. So people are going to want to see this all the time. They're going to want, you can't just leave a saying up there now for, you know, weeks at a time, right? They're going to have to now continue filling the funnel. 
That's Tim, you call that. Uh, what did Frank Takeri used to call that? Feed fill the, the funnel. Beast. You got yeah. You got to feed the beast. Fill the funnel. But, right. You got to keep the funnel filled because now you just can't. It's like a a, a dormant uh, social media page that just sits yeah. there. It just sits there, like mine. So, uh, <laughs> is yours dormant? I think I should just post tumbleweed on my 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 top of the page on Facebook because I just don't use it. I don't go there too often. God, I found a funny picture of you and I. And uh, I was going to post, I, I might post it as our, as our page for uh, Focus Group Radio on Facebook. It's you and I, Linda, Lauren, and James. Kabbalah. Wow, that goes back, Tim. That goes back away. Yeah, it's a funny picture. And it's in front okay. of our, it's in front of, it's in front of the old AQ studios and Sirius. You should XM. definitely I, post yeah, that. I yeah. Think, yeah, I think I'll make it our, uh, make it our little, a little face, our little, what do they call that big profile page or something? Yeah, the profile. So, yes, yeah, so that was a good, uh. Good, lighthearted, funny, funny um, one. Yeah, business business story there for the uh, for the vet in Maryland. So we want to uh, thank you all for joining us today, and uh, as we mentioned earlier, thanks to our friends at Deep Discount for uh, supporting us. The uh, they have their under ten dollars sale going on right now. I picked the Pepe Le Pew collection for Looney Tunes. John picked a sci-fi movie called Source Code, and the new release this week is Jurassic Wild Dominion. You can get two deep discount by going to focusgroupradio.com and clicking on the deep discount logo and start shopping away. While you're there, you'll also find the uh, audio for our podcast, which is released every Tuesday called TFG Unbuttoned, as well as all of our other media, which is housed there. So be sure to take it with you. And uh, a lot of people are on vacation or doing their uh, catch up. I've heard from a number of people this week that are just catching up to episodes. Someone came up to me here in town and was talking about the Aldi apple pie. That's so how far, a, how long uh, ago was that? Eight weeks. Yeah, we were laughing. So I, I have to say, okay, all the apple pie. All right. So uh, so so thanks for listening, everybody. We know you all time shift. And uh, remember to uh, don't text and drive. Arrive alive. There's a lot of traffic out there. So everyone have a uh, have a great week. We'll see you on Tuesday on our podcast. Take care. It's the Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.